Welcome one and all to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. This week we welcome back two old friends of the show, Lisa and Andrew from the Round the Archives podcast. And they're here to talk about some of their favourite TV detectives, a conversation which was all prompted by their acquisition of a shiny new Blu-ray box set of the complete 1960s series Maigret, starring Rupert Davis and based upon the novels of Georges Simenon. And yes, I know that here on Vision on Sound we do keep on returning to the vast reservoir that is the TV detective show, and I can make few apologies for that given quite how many there are, but a lavish new release of a series made nearly 60 years ago which still exists in its entirety in the archives and which hasn't been seen on TV in decades is certainly worthy of a little of our attention and investigation. So, without much further ado, we should crank up our Fab Radio International TARDIS engines and head back nearly six decades to leap into an old Citroën, once we can work out where the door hinges are, and seek out that incisive and dapper French detective as he strikes a match on a wall and lights an iconic pipe. of Maigret himself, a commissario in the Parisian Brigade Criminale, featured in 75 novels and 28 short stories written by Georges Simenon and published between 1931 and 1972, and was described as a large, powerfully built gentleman with a pipe, bowler hat and thick overcoat, and bowler hat aside, the several television adaptations have been pretty faithful to that. And whilst there were several films made in the 30s, 50s and 60s, beyond the books it is the various television incarnations that people appear to be the most familiar with. And whilst Maigret has featured in television productions internationally, not least by Jean Richard, for about 25 years in France, and has been played by Irish, Austrian, German, Italian, Dutch, Russian and even Japanese actors, it is the three British productions that we are most familiar with here on Vision on Sound, all of which seem to be remarkably intact and available for viewing. After Basil Sidney was taken ill, it was left to Rupert Davis to pick up La Pipe and play the character for four series on the BBC between 1960 and 1963, as well as introducing several of the plays in character as Maigret for the later series Detective in 1964 and reprising the role for a BBC play of the month in 1969. And that just about wrapped it up for Maigret as far as British TV was concerned until a one-off TV movie turned up in 1988, featuring Richard Harris alongside several cult TV icons like Ian Ogilvie, Barbara Shelley and Caroline Munro. And around the same time as Poirot featuring David Suchet was about to expand from his one-hour format into the more familiar two-hour television film series and production on their own Sherlock Holmes series seemed to be hitting a few snags, Michael Gambon took on the role for two series of six episodes both made by Granada Television in the early 1990s, a series that I could quite happily have enjoyed much more of. 
Most recently, at least in as far as British productions are concerned, Rowan Atkinson played the role in a sadly curtailed series of rather excellent two-hour TV movies in 2016 and 2017. There were several series of the character on radio featuring Morris Denham and later Nicholas Le Provost, and the character even appeared on stage in a production, Maigret and the Lady, written by a name that crops up from time to time here on Vision on Sound, Philip Mackey, a production starring Rupert Davis, by then in a question more recently asked by fans of Inspector Morse, who else could have played him, which toured the country in 1965. The character endures, it seems, and remains very popular whenever he appears, so there was indeed a certain amount of joy when the 1960s episodes got their long overdue release on Blu-ray earlier this year. The special edition is long sold out, I hear, but the standard sets are available from later on this month, and from what I've heard so far, because I don't yet have a copy, they are definitely worthy of consideration by fans of classic TV drama. The following chat isn't all about Maygray, however, as we veer off in several directions as our conversation inspires several of those now familiar trains of thought to leave the Vision on Sound station, once we start considering other screen detectives. And we even give a little bit of thought as to which of them we might want to be the chief investigating officer if we were ourselves ever accused of some heinous crime, no matter how much we might protest our innocence. Anyway, it's time for me to welcome back Lisa and Andrew, and I hope you enjoy what they have to say. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Martin. Hello. Here we are Welcome again. back. Yes. Yes. yes, we haven't spoken to you for quite some time now, for various reasons, uh, yeah. uh, which we're not going to go into here. But uh, no. you uh, got in touch and decided today, or announced today, or, or requested today, I suppose is, is more the thing, that you'd like to do a little bit of a chat. I know we do an awful lot of cop shows on this show, but uh, you yeah. thought you might want to have a general chit-chat about police series, detectives, etc. But uh, yes. from the viewpoint of you've recently been watching a brand new shiny release of Maygrave from the 1950s, is that right? Uh, yeah, early 1960s, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually oh, sort of right. um, 60, 61, I think. Really? That, late? that surprises yeah. me. That yeah. surprise it runs right up to 63. It's, it's the last bit of the last series is sort of simultaneously shown with the first bit of Doctor Who. So, yeah. right. um, this, is, this is a lovely new Blu-ray release, it is. isn't it? It looks, yeah. it looks mm-hmm. very good. One of those yes. sort of all-encompassing... Was it shot on videotape or was it shot on film? And... I'm not sure. It's hard to tell, isn't it? Well, it, the, the, the studio mm. stuff is videotape, yeah. isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it, it's there's the, some the overexposed, usual half and half. Right. Yeah, there's some sometimes overexposed outside filming. Yeah, but, the, yeah. the right. trouble with the outside filming is that they don't have the original rushes a bit so they've just had to right. do no so the the, best these are can, i presume they? telerecorders yeah. aren't they yeah, yeah. but this is so. a show from so 1960 1961 yeah. and, and all of it exists yes nothing's missing despite oh, what it says on imdb yeah you can have a go at imdb over this IMDb. <laughs> yet again imdb not proving the most reliable source yes, when it comes to this sort of thing one of the trivia things on on for, for the series as a whole on imdb is that uh, Georges Simeon's wife demanded that they only be shown once and then right. they will be destroyed. And you're like, well, oh. hello, there's a big box set of them just been released. <laughs> I just haven't got right. around to it. Yeah. So <laughs> It's on the list to be wiped. Yeah. We're just taking our time. Yeah. So um, so that, that's nonsense. Also, mm-hmm. uh, we watched an episode last night for which the description on IMDb mentioned espionage. And we watched okay. it and there, there's no espionage in it. Yeah, it's complete ah. nonsense, yep. the description. Yep. Yeah. The only espionage is the fact that the person who got killed 
killed had been in the in one of the secret services in the war, which is oh, a good okay. 10, 15 years earlier. Yeah, but so, the rest yeah. of the plot's nothing the rest to do of the plot with that. Is nothing to do with that. No. There, so. there is a certain amount of truth in in if you look if you watch any of the sort of fifties detective shows that the the people who were writing the reviews online have probably never seen them and actually a lot of them have been released in the last few years so if if you had a mind to you could actually go on there and start updating the plots and things for these shows yes. I'm amazed sometimes how sometimes the credits are on the wrong episode that's that's always fun yeah when you realize the halfway through that that's not got Stratford Johns in it and you're watching one a few weeks later and go that's got Stratford Johns in it but he's not mentioned so you think that's interesting but it's kind of it's also interesting from that point of view that people's knowledge of these shows is, is just gone in many ways yeah. and then suddenly suddenly out of the blue someone manages to find them release them and, and suddenly there's a generation who are rediscovering them I mean, the thing about IMDb and credits is that even mm. with modern programmes, programmes that are currently being shown, mm. the new version of All Creatures Great and Small being... Uh, An example. Yeah. Example. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. Thank you. Well, that's all right. <laughs> um, Just proving I'm listening, really. <laughs> it's the fact that for the first episode, which was on a few weeks ago, it, it on the IMDb listing, it had uh, mm. Patricia Hodge listed and she wasn't in it. Oh, right. She's in the third episode, which is tomorrow. But the right. people that I wanted to see who were in it weren't listed. Because right. Channel 5 do this horrible thing of when it goes to the credits, they, <laughs> shrink, they oh. shrink it and I can't read the credits to see who was in right. it. And there's no mm. way, because nobody's putting it up on IMDb, to find out who is mm. actually in it or not. So I they're going to sell you the DVD, aren't they? <laughs> oh, That's well, they what they're going to do. do. Yeah. I mean, we, we have this thing where if we were ever on Pointless and it was like a TV round, mm. the question, and they said, um, you know, and we refer to IMDb for, for the answers, mm. I'd say, you know, that's not the most reliable source in the Ooh, world. <laughs> controversial, controversial. Yeah. Could you refer to like it's, Andrew Pixie's book instead? Yeah. <laughs> did, um, did Diana Rick survive long enough to do the second series no no right? so so diana rigg was was um mrs pumphrey in the first series mm. and then very sadly she died and i think they the mm. producers thought should we carry on with the character mm. and cast a new actress or should we just not not do it not mention and, her now mm. they decided that um the whole tricky woo situation is such a gem that they'd they'd cast an actress and they basically they asked Patricia Hodge and Patricia Hodge said, "If I do it, do you want me? If you want me to do it like Diana Rigg, I'm not doing it." And they said, "No, no, right. you can make it your own character," which is basically mm. what she seems to have done. So mm. we will see. Right. They say the first episode's on tomorrow. So ah, fair enough. So, with, with her <laughs> I still haven't watched last year's. Yes, oh, but it, there it, we go. It's a lovely series. It's it's mm. in in the recent times of all all that's going on. It's. To escape into um, a nice sort of cosy world for yes. fifty minutes is is quite a joy. So mm. anyway, back to May. But back in the back in the harsh reality of crime and yes. and, and, <laughs> yes. and dark times. Um, May Gray. Yes, the the one thing I can say about the sixties May Gray is it's unexpectedly odd. Yes. Right. Yes. You were expecting a much more straight down I the was, line. Thing, I was expecting you? it to be much more like No Hiding Place. Mm which right. is quite a straight police drama. Hmm. Uh, it's not like that at all. We've watched six episodes. And every week I turn to you and go, you make me watch some really weird stuff, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I see. So it's not your choice then. <laughs> you may say that. but uh, yeah, The performances are weird. The stories hmm. are weird. Um, hmm. 
Yeah, it's just generally... I mean, you, you get Rupert Davis, who's the absolute sort of heart of it as May Gray, mm. and he's playing it straight. Mm. Yes. He's he's straight down the line. Uh, is it actually made as a contemporary series, or is it still a, I, a period piece? I think it's... I think it's set about five or six. It looks to be fifties to me, right? But it's mm. it's difficult to tell because because it's yes. um, in set in France. It's it's mm. obviously you 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 can't really recognise the sort of some of the things. But yeah, I think yes. it's sort of fifties. Sort of. Yeah, it's just that I know. Well, there's a lot of series about that time that use the same Citroen, aren't there? And I just <laughs> wondered whether whether they'd actually sort of set it. Back at maybe in the, in the early fifties or something it, like it, that, or whether it, it was he was a contemporary policeman in that because the books were the fifties, weren't they? They if, were. If I remember yeah, rightly. Yeah. Well, yeah. they actually start in nineteen thirty-eight, I think. Right, um, okay. and go right. right on because there's quite a few of them. Mm. I mean, I, I have mm. been reading the first the first May Gray book, and it's mm. it's um it's really quite engaging, and they're quite short chapters, so you can usually knock one or two off at yeah. a time. Rupert so, Davies is quite a good choice for Mango from the description. Rupert, from the description in the book, Rupert Davies fits it almost perfectly because mm. he's described as a big, a big, heavy man with dark hair, mm. which obviously is what Rupert Davies yeah. is. And he likes his pipe. He does like his pipe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of pipe acting. There's a lot of pipe smoking. Um, very dangerous, the fact that he lights the mat on the wall, but yeah. apart from mm. that... Um. <laughs> but that, again, that that's a very uh, Sherlock Holmes thing, isn't it? The yeah. pipe, really. But yeah. of course, and they they carried that over into the the uh, certainly into the Michael Gambon version, sort of thirty years later. But uh, what interests me is is as much as anything is how did how many episodes are there in this? Set? Oh, uh, quite a lot. Sixty odd, sixty three, I think. The box is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, does it? I mean, how they survived so long. You know, but also how they survive so long without anybody releasing them. I mean, yeah. have they not? Have they been released at all in the intervening time? I think they have, but not in this right. country. Ah, I think they were released somewhere in Holland or somewhere mm. because I ah, think okay. when I was looking, it brought up a cover for my grade for a different yes country. Mm. I mean, which is fine because when it's Europe, it's because it's region two. DVD, you can you can watch it in this country anyway. So my my Miss Marple is is from Holland. I'd so. I'd certainly never seen an episode. No. The only no. May Gray I can definitely say I'd seen was the title sequence. Yeah. And that was probably in 1986 for that TV60 documentary. No, Oh, well, I was convinced that one of them was in one of those either Cops on the Box nights that they did, you know, the documentary nights, or in um, one of those TV Heaven nights. I was convinced I'd seen at least one at some point. But like you say, it could just have been clips. I think one was re-shown, but I, you'd have to ask right. David Brunt. That's his, his <laughs> expertise. No right. things, things for repeated. Yeah, well, I, I, I know no that uh, certainly Network are, are, are putting one up, aren't they, in a couple of weeks for... As a as kind of teaser for the yes, series. Uh, yes, yes, one the, available on YouTube. Apparently. For the release yeah. for the the, for the, the penniless the, mortals. Yes. yes. <laughs> Wait, actually, if you work it out, even the um, Blu-ray, the the it works out a couple of pounds per episode. Mm. So it's it's, yeah. it's if just, you work it out per episode, it's not yeah. just that there are a lot of episodes. There's a lot of episodes. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm fascinated really because I could say I at home uh, I sometimes find oh let's watch some old telly. And uh, 70s stuff, I can't get past, you know, the, the, the gatekeepers, as it were. Yeah. You know, I just, it's all too 
sexist, racist, whatever, yeah. too colourful maybe. Mm -hmm. But the 50s stuff, it gets lapped up. So th things like um, uh, Dial 999, things like um, the Four Just Men, things like Interpol calling, fine, no problem. I can, yeah. yeah, and we'll, and we'll, and, and I'm trying to work out whether it's something to do with the, the style of storytelling mm -hmm. in the sense that in later things, got a little bit greyer not greyer obviously they got more colourful but a little bit sort of more you've got an emphatic story in those 25 minute shows you yeah emphatic beginning middle end and mm -hmm. uh may gray is may gray 25 or 50 minutes it's it's an hour actually it's an hour it's an right. hour yeah yeah a yeah. bbc hour so, it's a bbc hour so in some yeah. ways it's it's yeah. kind of contemporaneous with uh sergeant cork which i know you're, you're it is fans of, although oh, that's yeah. set in the victorian era it is it is, but they're again. They're very. There are certain policemen. If you needed a crime investigating, mm. and they you were you were they were your contemporary that you would want yes. to investigate your crime. Mm. Sergeant Cork is one. Yeah. May mm. Gray is another. Yeah. Because uh, he the sword is of justice dedicated to getting justice. <laughs> He's and actually yes. a lot more caring he is. than I thought. Yeah. To, especially in that first episode yes. to the young the young policeman. Officer. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, better explain how, that okay. as a series. Yeah. How um how open minded is it? I I always find that sometimes later versions or adaptations, the central character can be a, a, a sort of very big liberal presence in amongst some you know quite old fashioned ideas. Yeah. And I just wondered, even then, is he is he is he still quite open minded? Yeah, he he, he seems to be, doesn't well, he? Well, everybody's he's... having affairs. Well, yeah, but, but... he's France. Mm. So, um... Ah, the French, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fair um, yeah, well, that is. well, that would yeah. come from the books, though, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, there's there's an episode. I think it's episode three or four. Episode three, I think, called the Revolver, mm. and he gets a visit from this this young chap, but he's not there, and his wife sort of goes out of the room to phone him or when she comes back this this mm. visitor's gone but he's, he's stolen maygrave's been given a gun like a presentation right. gun but it is an actual working gun and mm. he has to follow the this person to england to to uh, stop them from using the gun because it would be very embarrassing and when mm. he confronts him at the towards the end of the episode he's very caring isn't he mm. You know, whereas Barlow would just shouted him down <laughs> he's mm. he reasons with him yeah so yeah, he's he's for somebody of that time. He is quite a caring, reasonable, mm. genuine person. And where is it in terms of, of as a, a production? Where is it on the the cod French accent? Oh, it's it's mostly fine, apart right. from the episode where he came to England, okay. where Rupert Davies seems to have decided he has to be slightly more French. Yeah, ah, he's turned up the Clouseau dial a bit, a hasn't bit. he? Yeah. <laughs> Because he's in England. Yeah, apart yeah. from that, there's barely... Right. Some of the guest actors do accents, mm. don't they? But mm. he doesn't really do... But it's like Van der Volk, isn't it? Is. it? Yeah. yeah, they use the titles and the names, but there's not really mm. an accent. Right. I mean, because... Uh, which is probably the best way to do it. it anyway. They did the same yeah. with Wallander, didn't they, when yeah. uh, Kenneth Branagh did it. He, he didn't sort of put on the cod Dutch accent, so I suppose yeah. it's, it does make... Not Dutch... Swedish accent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, you're getting, I mean, you're getting me Van der Valks mixed up with me Wallanders. That does sometimes happen. In, in a bit the, painful. <laughs> in the booklet for the uh, the Michael Gambon version, the 90s version, mm. Yes. the author is very much of opinion that Michael Gambon is the best May Gray ever. 
Which I wouldn't necessarily agree with. He's very good. I've seen a few episodes of it now, mm. and he, he's very good. I, I, I well, think I prefer... Coincidentally, wasn't it? It was coincidentally yes. that suddenly turned up on ITV3 a couple of weeks it ago. It did. It did. But we, we, we think that was a spoiler, do you think? Or because uh, of the release? Or No, possibly. Just yeah. a coincidence. Because they only made 12, didn't they? They only made 12. They did, two I, series. I, yeah. yeah. And I've, yeah. I've sat through them and, and I actually sat and thought, oh, I could watch more of them. I'd be quite happy to see more of them, you know. So um, it, it's, a, it's a nicely done series. I mean, they're only an hour again. So, it is. I, yeah. I was surprised because I had it in my head they were two hours because that's around mm. the time when ITV, because they started doing um, Inspector Morse and Inspector Morse yes. was two hours long. And then they, then they brought Vanderbilt back and Vanderbilt was two hours long. I assumed that that um, Maygrave was was two hours long, so I was quite pleasantly surprised when I found out it was only I know, yeah. sort of fifty minutes. Because yeah. obviously, do you feel that the two are? I mean, they work well. I mean, they both work as Maygrave as the characters, the central character, or or is there a substantial difference between them? Uh, I quite like Michael Gambon's version. He's hmm. quite. He's a bit tougher, yeah. I think. Yes. Not necessarily on the people he's working with and the victims of the crime, but maybe on mm. the sort of perpetrators. Mm. But no, yeah, he's, he, I think he works quite well. I think I prefer Rupert Davies because he's it's mm. he, he really for me does fit the mm. part of Maygrave. And, and well. of course, I, I know it comes slightly outside the the sort of area we take, generally cover on this show, but there was a Rowan Atkinson version a few years yes. ago, which which was very well received, but. They didn't make many, did no, they? No, no. We've got that as well. I bought, I bought that as well. So we will be watching mm. that because all three versions, all three British versions of it, have done the same story. So, mm. um, which is, it's the first episode of the Rupert Davies story, mm. uh, second episode of the second series of the Gambon series, mm. and I think oh, it's, that's that's the uh, it's night the nightclub. nightclub singer, yeah, yes, yeah. Mm. and then yes. they did it again with Rowan Atkinson. I think for because he's all one offs, they don't you can't really count them. Mm. It's not one offs, but they do like a, mm. a couple of films and then a couple more films. Yeah. I think they did about six or seven of right. them. So yeah, the, quite the cast in the Gambon version actually. Yeah, mini mini driver and yeah. um, um, who, who was it? Uh, um, Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen, yes, Pros- yeah. probably right at the start of his yeah. career. Yeah, yeah, young boy. He, he looks very young. <laughs> Who's that young um, boy? Yeah. Well, are there a lot of interesting guest stars in the? The 1960s version? Yeah, so far we've had, uh, I'm not going to remember any names there. Hugh Burden was in one. Oh, yeah, he? he was ah. good, yeah. Um, was it Peter Stevens? Peter Stevens, yeah, from The Underwater Menace and uh, The Celestial Toymaker, giving right. the most extraordinary performance. He's, he's, <laughs> he's away with, well, I don't know what yes. he's doing, but it's very fun to watch. It yeah. is. It is. Um, yeah, there's. Lots of people you sort of kind of recognise, but you're not Paul sure. Paul Eddington from... was in the oh, one yeah, we Paul saw. Paul Eddington, last yeah, night. Last um, night's one, yeah. Neil McCarthy was in one, wasn't Oh, yeah, he? that's right, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's been the odd sort of person. Yeah. I mean, it's all future greats and and hangovers from the fifties. Yeah. Will Will Andre Morel turn up at some point? It's uh, almost inevitable. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that Josie first in an episode because Warren yeah. sent us a screen grab. All right. Saying you know <laughs> Joseph first alert, and of course the inevitable Gordon Gostelow. Yay! Ah. So. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do another klaxon. You are gonna have to. Yeah, Gordon Gostelow klaxon. Fascinating to me. I was talking to someone this morning about 
bit part actors and everything like that. And we, we happened across the Detective series and the Detectives, which was about a year after May Gray finished. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rupert Davis actually introduces as May Gray. I don't right, know if you've okay. ever heard of that. Yeah. I don't know if any of that exists at all, but there was this series called The Detectives, which was like a weekly uh, uh, anthology, if you like, of probably a little bit like The Rivals that mm-hmm. we covered in a previous show. Yeah, It was the same kind of idea, but it was introduced by Rupert Davis in character oh, as wow. May Gray, which, yeah. which fascinates me. And I don't know whether any of that survives at all, but mm-hmm. there's these little sort of things. Because basically... Rupert Davis was May Gray and May Gray was Rupert Davis. And I don't mm. really think, d- did he either, d- did he just not live long after it or was it just, did it completely devour his his career? Well, you say that. I mean, I think he died in the 70s. So he, right. he lived for about another 16 years, 16, yes. 70 years. You're saying about that, he seems to have done lots of little bit party things. So I think he's right. either in the Avengers or right. a, or the Danger Man or something like that. He's also in one of the Doctor series. Right. And I can't remember which one it is now. Because I, I, I looked up again on IMDb. So obviously we take this with a pinch of salt. <laughs> we're going to have to check. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's got quite a few credits after May Gray. Because yeah. obviously, because he comes back and does May Gray again in about 1969. Because there's does a one-off really? play. Yeah, there's a one-off oh, right. play which is on the box set as well. Where okay. he comes back and, and does May Gray. So. Was that for the BBC as well? Uh, yes, I think so. Wow. Yeah. So, so that is interesting. I did not know that. There we go. So, because yeah. so, um, he's also, you know, let's face it, I've got to get me Quatermass reference in. He's, <laughs> he is in the Quatermass too, isn't he? So. Yes. Yes. Not. Yeah. I don't know. Is he? Is he in the bits that uh, exist, or is he in the bits that don't exist? No, no. Quatermass too. He's uh, all. All, all of, of it is complete. Yeah. I get confused with yeah. what exists when. <laughs> yeah. I think I can't remember whether he's he's uh, isn't he Vincent Broadhead. Isn't oh the, yeah, uh, possibly. Yeah, MP that yeah. that gets either glooped or is that is that he? I don't think we've watched Quatermass too. Have we? I can never remember. I've watched it. Have you, you? you haven't seen. I it. haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Must I, I just I, I just things things occur anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's another one I need to rewatch, but there's so much to find time for. Oh, I know. Really? So you'd recommend May Gray? I would. I would. Yes. Yes, we very much been enjoying it. Mm. Just yeah. just. Uh-huh. Don't go in with the mindset that it's going to be your your bog standard police mm-hmm. drama, because it's it's not. This is, I mean, this is in many ways. Maygrey is the sandwich filling between early Dixon and, and early Z cars, isn't he? Really, it is. In that sense. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the police procedural, uh, and, and obviously goes over to well, we, we get we get an insight into the French uh, detective, the idea of the French detective. Yes. Does the Frenchness of it come across? In that sense, does it feel exotic and interesting and foreign uh, and abroad? I mean, is there actually any overseas filming? There's a little bit, I think, mm. in Paris. But there isn't is. There? I mean, Dixon yeah. of Doc Green did do. Is it the hot seat? Yes. Which they filmed in France. Yeah. Which has mm. no sound. Um, they couldn't afford to take sound courses with them. And and Pete, is it Peter Byrne actually yeah. filmed the filmed filming the of it? He filmed the film so there is actually yeah. colour footage yeah. of yeah. that, oh, right. that Dixon being filmed. Yeah. Uh, and, but, then, and then fanning around. Pardon? <laughs> on the streets in, in Paris, isn't it? So, Fanning around. So. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's sort of inserts. I hope someone just walked past. Way. <laughs> we'll follow but, them. I know but, yeah, mean. there are insert shots. And, uh, yes. Because well, what was the, the one with the, 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 the old lady and her daughter going off up the road? Oh, God, that's one we watched last night. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're all outside. Yeah. And they're by the 
see. By the sea, they? it's meant to be sort of. Is it the, the Riviera? France, it's meant to be. Yeah. I don't know quite where it's yeah. filmed, but um. so. it does. It just interests me this though, because what you've got there is, I mean, it, it shows in many ways how quickly television production changed. Because literally, it's ten years to Van, Van der Valk, isn't it, mm. from the end of yeah. Maigret, and, and Van der Valk had a lot of again overseas Amsterdam tourist board whatever uh location film i know it was still filmed in studios in london but it definitely shows that things had changed in that 10 years really i mean they don't seem to suffer from the dial 999 gawping crowds thing either no. do they no. no um i suspect a lot of people learn that from dial 999 <laughs> <laughs> I, I suspect that's one of those things i mean i know is that like, i can never remember I've, I've seen so many of these half hour black and white detective shows recently it, it is 999 is the one that was gives thanks to the helpful people of london on it that's right yeah yes, yeah. yes, yes. that's right yes. Yeah. So, and no I, thanks I to the unhelpful people of london well, got in thinking, the way. Is, is, is the helpful in inverted commas i can't <laughs> I quite remember so. you know oh thanks a lot for standing there and pointing whenever our, <laughs> our main actor came around the corner <laughs> i just I, lovely show 999 though i enjoyed it, it a lot yeah you? It's great fun. I mean, it's it's the one where he's at Billingsgate and he's having to yeah. push past people and you're like, that's real people. That's yeah. not extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get out of the way. Garden a bit yeah. like that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I think it's inter- It's an interesting show. I mean, it, I mean, it's a quite bonkers setup, isn't it? You know, it you've is. got this guy on on loan from the Canadians yeah. who, who gets sent from different. I like the way that around yeah, to different he, departments. Nobody every week. wants to keep him, <laughs> no, do they? They so keep sending him off. <laughs> <laughs> this week I'm with the River Police. Why? Well, it's sort of useful for the story. Yeah. <laughs> But fascinating stuff. I mean, and again, if you like your sort of lost worlds and your views of of old London, I, I don't suppose you'll get that as much with old Paris, particularly. But if you like your views of old London, some of those shows are are quite good for that. I mean, you've said to me you like seeing sort of you know late fifties, yeah. early sixties. It just amazes me society. how few cars yeah. there are on the road. Mm. Most of them, apart from that one episode of Nine Dial Nine Nine Nine, where um, the passerby gets killed. There's mm. a lot of cars there, but I think that's because it's London and yeah. that bit of London. Mm. But normally, there's like, like there's like six cars going past. And you're like, wow. <laughs> there's more than that in the queue outside our house at the moment. And I believe you've also you've also seen a few of uh, No Hiding Place. I believe. Yes, yes. Um, no Hiding Place is an odd one in the fact that they seem to write it for exactly fifty minutes, and whatever's happening mm. at the fifty minute point, it finishes. Oh right. Um okay. because the one the first one we saw, which is the one set uh it's a sort of music thing, isn't it? They spent sort of forty eight minutes investigating it. Mm. They yeah. arrest the perpetrator and bang, you're done. You're like Oh, like, well, we always, this is what okay. we always say. We watch <laughs> so, these shows, and, and one of the things we always say is they don't hang about, do they? That's it. The story's <laughs> over. You're out. Credits. Bye. Or, you know. And some way, in some ways, that's kind of nice, really. It's better than the sort of the grinning freeze frame or the, or the. <laughs> but again, I think sometimes you also want to know what happened. I mean, I oddly enough, and a complete aside, I've been uh, I picked up my one of my sets of Crown Court recently. Mm-hmm. And I do like that bit over the end credits where they sort of tell you what became of the villain if he's been found guilty, <laughs> yes. you know. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, it's always sometimes there is a thing with these shows where you just think, oh, I really want to know what happened next. And quite often, again, with a lot of detective dramas, there's a kind of structure to them. What sometimes interests me is that you get a certain kind of detective show where there's a kind of ongoing 
plots and everything like that. And another kind which feels very different, which mm-hmm. is the totally enclosed story. And you and everything you need to know is within that hour or that two hours or whichever. And that's somehow it feels more structured. And sometimes the contemporary, some of the contemporary police shows feel less like that. I mean, it's when I was talking with Warren about the bill, oddly enough, you know, mm. you didn't feel necessarily that everything was quite resolved. Uh, one of the things I've been watching recently is New Scotland Yard. Mm. And, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with New Scotland yes. Yard, the, uh, yeah. the 70s series Mm -hmm. and again sometimes those stories just sort of stop before there's been a rumor of that the the killer is at large or there's been another murder somewhere else and and so all the people involved in that part of the story are free to go about their business or whatever and and whatever they've done in the last hour doesn't necessarily have any bearing on anything else but i just think it is sort of fascinating different structures there's a very i mean when you compare the police procedural of something like prime suspect Mm. if you think about prime suspect and how that can feel very you don't really know what's happening everything gets a bit out of control sometimes and you compare the structure of that to something like morse or endeavor or lewis or something or or midsummer murders where the actual point of the plot is to have to, to sort of bounce from the one incident to the next incident to the next to the resolution yes they actually do feel very different things so something yeah. like the era of cracker and prime suspect feels very different to mm-hmm. the era of morse and lewis if you like yes i know i've gone on a bit there i no, apologize no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is interesting because you were saying earlier weren't you about um how different series works in work in different ways so for instance mm. that death in paradise is now stretching credulity to its yeah. limits because of the fact i can't call that murder island anymore because no, there is a murder island, yeah. it's really annoying <laughs> <laughs> they'll think i watched some some I don't, I don't mean that one i mean the proper one yeah <laughs> because you you said you know it's such a small place that how can there be this many that many murders? stories cannot happen in that well, smaller place yes. in that time scale because yeah. people bang on about realism don't yeah. they Mm. And, oh, but no, you don't. You you don't worry about realism with Death in Paradise. Yeah, but um, people say, "Oh, that was quite a realistic show." And realistic yeah. to me mm. is, could all these things happen? Mm. And that's where something like Dixon or Zed Cars scores a lot higher for me, because mm. a lot of it is quite mundane. Mm. So I think they're trying to tell stories that are ordinary, everyday police incident stories again we mm. get a bit of that in the bill later on don't you but but the, but this idea that there's some mad murderer who's decided that they're going to do a whole series of murders of people they they have a dislike for based around a theme of cheese is sometimes <laughs> yeah. quite a difficult thing to take on board i mean you take it on board because it's the nature of the program but sometimes that doesn't really feel quite as satisfying as something a bit more mundane where you get a resolution. Mm. I mean, the thing about Zed Cars and the thing about Dixon Dot Green is, particularly in the sort of early 70s stuff with Dixon Dot Green, you don't always mm. get a resolution. No. Because there's, there's mm. one episode of Dixon Dot Green where I think it's the police officers committed suicide. Mm. Mm. And it's really bleak because yeah. you don't get mm. a happy ending. It just... Nothing happens out of it, does it? It's just. I I think there's an awful lot with certainly with uh, Dixon. I mean, I know not much Dixon survives, 
Uh, and so what we've got of it is quite late. And when it's trying to become, I, suspo I suppose, it's trying to almost compete with things like the Sweeney to a certain extent, which is kind of ironic. But the the late era Dixon is 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 actually quite hard hitting. It is. You know, oh, yeah. People think it's this cosy copper series yeah. and oh, it was all a bit outdated. But actually when you watch it and you sort of have an open mind on it, you think, good God, this is actually quite, quite the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite bleak. Yeah. It certainly yeah, is. It can be. Yeah. But I mean, quite realistic as well in, yeah. in a, a kind of, peculiar way sometimes in in some ways that late dixon uh is is kind of preferable to some of the late zed cars to a mm. certain extent i mean i love zed cars don't get me wrong but somehow i found the dixon more watchable yeah yeah i mean i i think with with dixon and it was certainly a possibility that after either jack warner decided that he couldn't do anymore or they decided mm -hmm. that it, it just wasn't possible to keep sort of wheeling him out yeah. and leaving yeah. him in the office just to sit at a desk even though they even though the skateboard had just arrived <laughs> <laughs> they they thought about it for a while to make uh nicholas donnelly's character sergeant mm. willis the lead and they were i think they wills. were just gonna wills, wills? sorry wills. yeah sergeant wills um and they were just gonna call it uh, doc green yeah mm. but he's i think he said no no it's it's what, not doc green nick no, <laughs> no. <laughs> and I, th I, I think you could have carried it on with his character mm. because out of all the characters, his is my favourite because he's yeah. just mm. your ordinary policeman yeah. doing mm. his job. Mm. You know, there's no traumas. There's no, you know, he's, he's not, not bending he's the not rules. Bending the rules. <laughs> he's not corrupt. Mm. He's there to do his job yeah. and go home. Yeah, and that's it. How much of a pause is there though between? Dixon finishing, uh, Zed Cars finishing, and Juliet Bravo. It's not many years, is it's, it? It's kind of like it's about four or five years because yeah. Juliet Bravo is sort years. of nineteen eighty eighty one, isn't it? Mm, so, right. yeah. Yeah. and softly, softly, and softly, softly, Task Force and all those kind of things were running contemporaries. They were they were a bit like the Holby versus Casualty of their day, really. Yeah. Zed yeah. Cars and yeah. uh, softly, softly. Because I sometimes think about how how could you call it the, the Zed Cars sort of. Um, universe universe isn't it yeah mm. that you think about lynch mm. all the mm. things that have happened to him in his career from yeah. that first episode of zed cars yeah. all the way through to the last episode and of he puts zed the cars, shutters down and he puts the shutters, shutters down, down yeah. but then he's interacted with barlow and watt yeah and all the mm. things that have happened to barlow and watt yeah. in other shows mm. so yeah I mean, cause, cause... Is there a um, a sense of that in the show? Do they? I mean, you know, are the consequences carried over over the fifteen years? Do you feel it's hard to tell because we've watched it all so out of order? Yeah, That's the it's trouble. A bit yes, disjointed, course, isn't it? So. Yeah, we've never. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy right to watch way. a lot of Zed cars, yeah, is no. it? That's no, true. But but Lynch um, as a character gets he's got a great character arc because he starts at this sort of this slightly feckless workshy mm. PC. Mm. And he ends mm. up being the linchpin of the series. Uh -huh. the, well, mm. Pardon the pun. Mm. Because he becomes inspector. an inspector. Yeah. So mm. he's he's like he's almost in a way like the sort of father of the police station, mm. isn't he? Mm. That they go to if they need That's help. That's an interesting comparison there to be made with uh, NYPD Blue, weirdly, and Sipowitz, mm. um, you know, which who ends up being kind of the sergeant, you know, the actual 
uh, duty sergeant, uh, having started off as this very wayward, well, as, as people know, wayward character in the first series. I know that was circumstances of David Caruso departing and him suddenly having to step up and be the lead and all that kind of thing. But it, it was always interesting that he was a second fiddle character throughout, but actually became the heart of a show, especially mm. when he's such an unpleasant character to begin with. I mean, Bert Lynch was never unpleasant, was he? No, he's, he's just he's he's just lazy. He just he doesn't want to do any work. You know? But I, I was, the few the few seventies uh, series that have been released, he I mean, there's that episode where he's he, he's looking after the, the you know other people's kids and keeping an eye out for them and all that kind of thing. Mm. You know, it's he does become this kind of community policeman, the kind of community policeman you wish who who would keep an eye out and not just give people a clip round the ear mm. and what have you. Do you have a favourite detective? A favourite. Please show. Oh, it depends what what era you're looking at, mm, right? Because we were we were we were thinking about this earlier. If you had a time machine and you yeah. could go mm. back in time and you went back in time and there was a crime, mm. uh, in which period who would you want to ah, be on your side? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, if you're looking sort of medieval. Oh, Cadfile. Yeah, Cadfile, of course. Yeah. I've just been re-watching Cadfile. They've turned up. It's fantastic, on, uh, Cadfile. It's, it's wonderful yeah, show. Yeah. Wonderful show. Beautifully yeah. filmed. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's great. And it's... In in a time where logic and reason were not really... No. Uh, ...what went on. No. No. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I know so, I mean, I know they're playing a lot with the, the reality, if you like, but uh, as, as, a, as a format, as a detective show i think cadfile i mean again i'm always amazed they only made about 13 of them and i just think that why are they not still making cadfile you know it's just (laughs) i think sir derek might have had something to say about that well having to keep that haircut for god knows how long um (laughs) but yeah because he's the 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 thing i mean he doesn't suffer from it but the thing about cadfile is you get so many different versions of the sheriff of hugh berringer because you get at least about three different actors playing Mm. Um, so each actor gives a different, slightly different portrayal to the, the you know the previous one. <laughs> um, so Cadfile, yeah, he, he's he's definitely great. You would if you were a sort of, especially because it always sends. Tends... If you were a medieval, I mean, the thing about the medieval times yeah. is that basically, if you if you if someone died in a village and you happened to be a visitor to that village, they blamed you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And you needed somebody standing there going, well, he couldn't possibly have done that or she couldn't no. have possibly have done that. And that's what you need. Cad, you need the cad files of the world. You need people who will actually look beyond the, the passion and the fury and go, yeah. yeah, but that's not what happened. Yeah. And that, I think, is what you want of all your detectives, really, yes. when, when all said and done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm fascinated by Cadfile, I feel, sort of came into being on television because of Name of the Rose as a popular, as a successful film. Mm -hmm. I know they're not quite the same era, but that kind of medieval drama, if you like. Do we have any any Elizabethan detectives? Well, you you say that, not on television, but in uh, in novel form. And I would highly Mm. recommend it if you like historical fiction and historical crime mm. fiction there is a series by an author called um cj sampson featuring mm-hmm. um a hunchback uh lawyer called uh, matthew mm-hmm. shardlake and okay. they're, they're set in um henry the eighth and then it goes into right. edward the sixth um, and he was planning to write more but unfortunately he's he's been very ill, and I, I don't think there are going to be any more books. But I think he was planning to take it right up into Elizabeth the First. But so are we? Are we 
going to pitch that and say that is a series that needs to be made? It, it definitely needs to be made. And there are groups, there are Facebook groups about the books where there has been much mm. discussion about who could play the character. Mm. Have you got any mm. thoughts? For me, I would cast um, Toby Jones. All right. When I ah. read the books, the person I see in my head is, is Toby Jones. I'm sure he wouldn't say no. I'm sure he wouldn't say no. You don't need someone six foot eight and well, more muscles. You need no, that. because it's like he's because he's he's a hunch. He's got a hunchback. It, it needs somebody mm. who can p- portray that sort of because mm. it's obviously sympathetically. At that, sympathetically at that time, mm. that mm. was considered to be bad luck. Mm-hmm. If a hunchback mm-hmm. came into your town and you touched him, mm. you were going to mm. get bad luck. Okay. So, but he does have a hunky assistant, so you could cast sort of somebody. Um, <laughs> just, just you know, yeah. for, for the Sunday night crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, apparently, um, before we started doing Wallander, Kenneth Branagh was vaguely interested in it, uh, but oh, okay. and then he went off and did Wallander, and nothing came of it. So it's sort mm-hmm. of it's. Mm. I think it it was it was actioned by you know brought up by mm. somebody or possibly brought so, up so, by somebody. So it's definitely it's definitely one waiting to happen. To happen. Oh yeah. yes, yes. But there'll be lots of arguments on all these groups about because nobody can agree who should play. Well, nobody parts. ever can when yeah. you ad- when you adapt a book series, can they? No. I mean, you know, even Rebus and what's the one I've been watching the uh, the Tom Thorne stories. You know, they they none of them really sort of are the image in the book. Funnily enough, I mean. My idea for Tom Thorne is always Ken Stott, who's mm. in the Rebus, so what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or was one of the Rebuses, shall we say. Well, it's, it's like with Sharp. It's, I, mean, I, I know he's not a detective, but when Bernard mm. Cornwall started writing Sharp, he wrote him as yeah. a dark, thin, dark-haired man. Mm. And then when Sean Bean started playing the part, every book he wrote after that, it was Sean Bean. Mm. Because he, he really well, loved the, the, the way the, he performed The Sheffield it. tattoos and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so... Um, <laughs> Is to it, be to be fair, Sean Bean has redeemed himself in in recent years. Uh, I must admit, he's he, I I wasn't a big fan. Yeah, but, uh, he does seem to have done. He made some, should we say, some very good dramatic choices yeah. in recent years. I mean, so, it, it's yeah. a rare series with Sean Bean where he doesn't get killed by the end of it. But <laughs> um, he has got this reputation now. You know, you ah. see his character go, oh, he's going to die because. <laughs> It's become a bit of a sort. That of must be thing. must be really interesting if you meet him at a party. He's thinking, right, who's going to kill you, Sean? <laughs> but um, Maybe yeah, not. Mo- moving on historically, yeah. um, mm-hmm. for detectives, obviously in the vi- late Victorian era, yeah. you would mm. want Sergeant Cork, yeah, because mm. he is a fabulous. I'm going to character. throw another name in there. Okay. What about Crib? We've oh, never crib talked too. about Crib. Crib, crib is Edward more, more vi- later. Yeah, slightly later, but, but they maybe. cross over. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Crib is great too. What I like about both those series is you come from a time when in a lot of contemporary crime fiction, the police were always plodders and idiots. And, and yet you get in uh, Crib and in Sergeant Cork and to a certain extent the... Uh, what was the... Is it not the hill? What was the, what's the, the murder at the... Uh, crossroads, or oh, yeah, called. yeah, yeah. What, what's that series? I, I can't, can't remember what it's called now. They, he was actually a real character. Uh, the, the suspicions of Mr. Witcher, but based on the Kate Summerscale book, but yes, they did a series of dramas with him, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. did it as a, an original drama, and then they did, or rather, they did yeah. it as a, a retelling, and then there were some other dramas. Um, but, um, yeah, and they all actually make them clever. And of course, this was an era mm. when, when police forensics police detection was in its infancy so i i you know you had to have good people to do it because again you were living in an era where you know wrong person got accused they got you know the the penalties were very very severe 
Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think... Sergeant Cork is great, though, isn't it? Sergeant Cork is fabulous. It is. It is great. It is great. And I think the the, the fact that the he is a good policeman and he's, he's better than most of the other policemen around is... That, a lot of that has to do with Conan Doyle, that he makes mm. his policeman a little bit stupid to make mm. Sherlock Holmes look... Cleverer. Better. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you get sort of Lestrade. Uh, well, that's why I have you on this show. <laughs> 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 no, a terrible thing to say. Terrible thing. Bad man. Bad man. <laughs> no, I think it's um, the other way around, actually, in this case, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> I have people like you on board, so so my own shortcomings don't show up as much. But anyway, go on. Uh-huh. I mean, the thing about Sergeant Cork is that he doesn't care who the villain is. No. He will The go sword of all justice out. again, yes. Yes, to yeah. get He doesn't the defer to anyone. No. no. And there's only one occasion where he doesn't get well, the ones we've seen. Mm. We've still got a few to see, but yeah. on one occasion he doesn't get the, the villain at the end of the story. I think what amazes um, me about Sergeant Cork, rightly or wrongly, and maybe this is just because it, I'd not heard of it, but I'm I'm amazed how a show like that could almost vanish from people's memory, if you yeah. like. Yeah. You know, and and yet there it is, and it's uh, it's about eighty of them, isn't there? And they are yeah, there's, there's a lot and, of them, and, and some of them are a bit shoddy in in condition, but overall the stories yeah. are just fabulous. Because yeah, it's we... the reference in Carry On Screaming to Sergeant Bung, mm. which mm. everyone at the time would have got, but nobody gets now watching mm. that film. No, yeah, because mm. you know Sergeant Cork is, as you say, forgotten. Yeah. Mm. And of course, yes, Crib as well is 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 such an excellent show. I mean, it's, uh, it, again, it's kind of it almost you get the impression that Crib stopped because Granada decided to make Sherlock Holmes instead, which is because yeah. because there were more. I mean, the, you know, the, a lot of that uh, scenery that Granada used to shoot in in the back streets of Manchester has kind of been demolished now, unfortunately. But uh, uh, at the time, you can you can see the same backgrounds and the same buildings, you know, between the two series. So it's mm-hmm. it's very much a world that Granada at the time were very good at creating. Crib's got one of my favourite episode titles, Wobble to Death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one where they're all walking they're around, in, walking a circle, around in a circle for hours. For days, for yeah. days on end, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Aldo B and yeah. I, I always I always want to call him Jake Thackeray, but he's not William Simons is Edward Thackeray, isn't it? That's right. Yes, yeah. Jake Thackeray would be a completely different uh, sidekick. But, but yes, yeah. it's the both of those, both Sergeant Cork and Crib are both good series, but in different ways, mm. aren't they? Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, and then you get sort of uh, obviously you've got Barlow and Watt reinvestigating mm. crimes in yeah. the early seventies. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. looking at the sort of um, but. But they had such a legacy. I mean, Barlow and Watt, are they are they actually in episode one of Zed? Yes. Or yes. Yes. Yeah. They are actually. Yeah, because they are. Barlow nearly kills Watt at the start. Because they're in the yeah. first scene yeah. at the graveyard. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So they actually had a long, long history on Zed cars and then span off to Softly, Softly and then Task Force. And, and then Barlow is large. And... <laughs> Barlow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jack the Ripper and. Second verdict. It's fascinating watching Stratford John specifically as a villain, isn't it? Yeah, you it's know. it's really it's it's a bit odd. You're like, oh no, that's that's Barlow. What's he doing <laughs> there? <laughs> well, it's, it's like seeing him in um, in uh, I Claudius, you know, yes. and he's excellent in I Claudius. Oh God! But there is an element of oh, that's Barlow in a toga. <laughs> yeah. 
So, in some ways, that's my favorite. That his episode is my favorite episode of I Claudius. Mm. I don't know why. Again, it's possibly because it's a bit of a standalone and it's about justice and mm. crime and everything like that. But uh, fascinating, fascinating performer mm. and, and performances. We know, we we so. can pull it towards a Cyril Shapps klaxon if you want. Shapps, you already have. Yeah, because <laughs> Second Verdict's got an episode with Cyril Shapps in as a sort of womanizer. Yeah, he's, he's wow. a sort of he's sort of a, a yeah he's a he's a murderer, isn't he? A mm. He's murdered lots and of And if I was casting ladies, a womanizer, wouldn't I wouldn't have thought of Cyril Shapps. But, but hey. I think he looks quite like the photograph of the person. Right, yeah, so that's, that's probably it's why they cast them. But yeah, it's funny. O- only this very week, I watched the episode or the, the three episodes of Crown Court where Russell Hunter had many wives. Oh, oh yes. that's fantastic! That's <laughs> but, I mean, you go and and, 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 and and that incredulity of oh, but he's such a good-looking man. <laughs> You're like, it's Russell All the way Hunter. Through. Yeah, yeah, bless him. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay. so yes, I, th- I think uh, it's sometimes I don't know whether the casting, you know, is is necessarily uh, because quite often uh, again it's one of those things that we we talk about quite a lot at home, but it's kind of like, hmm, how do these dodgy looking middle aged men always get such glamorous <laughs> wives? <laughs> That seems to be a real seventies thing, doesn't mm. it? I think that's yeah. Yeah. is that Absolutely. writers sort of possibly <laughs> you yeah. know a lot of it is fantasizing old, old, a bit. Yeah. Oh, is that where the term Mary Sue comes from? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's... so uh, so back uh, back into the twentieth century mm-hmm. and moving on. Yeah, thirties, forties, fifties. Do you have any any? Oh, sort of picks? see, well, Mister Reader's Mr. not Reader a policeman for, technically, no, but he's, he's, he's sort of like mm-hmm. early sort of flappers century. era, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And we we should talk about Mister Reader in full at some we, other point. We will. But... We will. Once we've watched oh, I it think again. we will bring you back for that. Yeah, that's that's, that's a series that deserves a, mm. a thorough look. Yes. But, so, of all the detectives, though, uh, you know, like you say, if, if which one would you want looking looking after you your case from any era of history at all? Who do you feel has got the the, the absolute moral compass that you would be relying on mm. if you had indulged in any kind of uh, I don't know forecourt thumping or whatever <laughs> whatever villainy people get up to these days. I, I think, oh, again, it depends on... If you were found standing over the bloody corpse of Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> again. And you just, you know, you just walked in from the kitchen and you'd just been, I don't know, uh, cooking or whatever, and, and you came back through and you thought, and I've got the knife in my hand. Who, <laughs> who would you want on the case to prove it wasn't you? Probably one Barlow, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Cause oh, he's, he, I don't know. I think he'd be harsh but thorough. <laughs> You yeah. like a bit of that, do you? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, no, you, you, you shut up. You're on the floor. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> obviously, you know, May Gray is, is is good too, but he'd have to come all the way out from France. So, um, <laughs> who's got the best hit rate? Do we think you know success rate? Is it Barlow? Do you think does, uh, does Barlow always? No, get his not name? always. Not always. Right. No, no. So far, May Gray's arrested winning most oh. people. So out of six episodes, I wonder if somebody's got a website for that sort oh, of thing. God's they sake. must have. <laughs> it must be a score scorecards. Yeah. <laughs> what what I do like about certainly the Maygrays I've been watching, which are the uh, the Gambon ones, as I've said, the uh, what I do like is sometimes that the solution is kind of esoteric and sort of left field, and maybe not none of the people you've been looking at. Mm. I mean, I know in in police drama you don't want to cheat and suddenly have the villain be you know somebody who's completely coming out of the blue that no one you need them to have been part of the narrative sometimes if you're playing guess the killer it's it's interesting that they have a significant conversation with a receptionist <laughs> at some point 
which you would uh, not expect there to be unless of course the receptionist is important mm. so uh that happens quite a lot in 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 crime drama but but generally speaking they don't bring in somebody in the last minute who nobody's heard of so it's always somebody you've heard of yeah. and i but i do like the way that may Gray sometimes the the reasoning or or the or the the route that gets you to the solution mm. isn't necessarily the one you would have immediately thought of and that's that's clever, that, I think. That's a clever bit of structuring. I assume it comes from the books as much as anything. I would assume so. Are they all book stories? I mean, They seem are, to be. Yeah, some, yeah. yeah. They, most of them seem to say adapted from the novels. Mm. By, yes. I mean, I'm not quite sure how you get a novel down into sort of 50 minutes. Well, Simonon, they are slim volumes, aren't they? They are quite more novella-sized yeah. than... Yeah, I guess I, I've got it on, on e-book, so I couldn't tell you, so... <laughs> I mean, I'm always fascinated by how, you know, an 800-page book can be adapted into a two-hour television drama. You know, mm. quite a lot of the Christie's, you're surprised they can get it all into an hour and 40 minutes. Mm. But um, equally, sometimes, you know, some of the detectives are quite short stories as well. Yeah. So I think the short story adapts very well as a crime drama, mm -hmm. to be honest. Was there a lot of spin-off fiction for things like Dixon and Zedka? There, there is or, a couple of books for right. Dixon of Doc Green, isn't there? We've there's, got some, yeah, I think there's some over there on the there's, table there's and there's couple, probably there's, some behind the scenes. There's one that's mm. sort of adapting the stories and there's one mm. where he tells his life story. So mm. he starts off when he's a young policeman and, and right. moves through his career, Dixon, and there's definitely mm. some Zed Cars books. Mm. We, but are they adapted from TV scripts or are yes, some of them... Yes, um, right, mostly okay. by Elwyn Jones, yeah. I think. Right. So, um, okay. And Softly Softly as well. Well, you've got to ask, are Zed Carr's stories in the annuals canon? Well, That's yeah. the thing, yeah, you know. We're <laughs> oh. <laughs> not going to start worrying about the Zed Cars canon. You start no, going down just... that one. Yeah, it's just that's just too weird, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, you'll be trying to work out timelines next. Oh, but he wasn't in the station at that time. Well, there's a Dad's <laughs> Army comic strip in an annual where you yeah. actually see Mrs. Mannering. Yeah. So that's like Good unheard Lord. of. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Until until the future. Until the film, of course. Yes. Wrong, wrong, <laughs> all wrong, all wrong. Stop it. Yes. No. Right. Excellent. Thanks. Well, I think we've we've just about covered it. So uh, basically, as long as we haven't given you ideas in terms of the weekend's activities and, and Barlow will come knocking at the door. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for your time today. Well, thank, thank you, you mate, very yeah. much. Always lovely to be here. Yes. And, uh, I'm sure yeah. we'll find our way back again. I'm sure we will. Well, there's certainly plenty of detective fiction out there. It is a subject we do keep coming. Oh, there's to. there's so much to say. There really yeah. is. Well, there's all the all these different series, isn't there? There's still series we've never really looked at. Yeah, I mean, we've we got could. things well, over there like Parkins Patch that yeah. we haven't even. Oh, I think we watched one watched episode. One episode, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's 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 piles of stuff. Mm. There really is. Well, yes. When you whenever you crack those open, you know, you'll be welcome to come back and share. <laughs> and uh, you know, we should we should get you on a percentage. Oh god, yes. <laughs> anyway, you take care. Thank yes, you very much. Thank, thank, thank you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Many thanks to Lisa and Andrew for joining me today to journey back to the worlds of Maygray and all of those others. Sometimes I do suffer from brain freeze during these conversations, but I think I just about got away with most of my own crimes against factual veracity today, at least until one of those great minds sends an underling to come knocking at my door. 
Maybe I'll just clear my throat in their general direction if they do. Anyway, that's pretty much all we've got time for in this week's edition of Vision on Sound. As ever, my thanks go to everyone here at Fab Radio International for everything that they do, and of course to all of you, wherever you might be, for listening. Once again, I have been Martin, and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye for now, and take care. <laughs>